Prospects, prospects. Get a fresh hot take on prospects. Welcome fellowship of the BDL to episode 10 of the Stinger. In this episode, we'll be mainly focusing on prospects who in my mind may be on the decline a little bit. Or maybe another way to put it, these would be prospects who I'd be worried if I had them on my team and probably prospects who I'd not be seeking in trades to be trading for. In this episode, I'll also be maybe hitting on some prospects who are on the rise. And if I see that I need to make this podcast a little bit longer, I'll be going through the MLB minor league system organizations and just pointing out some players who I like and maybe who I don't like. A couple disclaimers here. First of all, I'm not a scout. I'm not pretending to be a scout. All my information is coming from other prospect sites or other prospecting podcasts. I take all that information and try to combine it into my own information. But again, I just want to point out that it's really based off of other broadcasting sites and other um, fantasy baseball websites to gather my information. I also want to point out that I'm not uh, picking on any team in the BDL. I'm not really looking at anybody's rosters to see who is owning what minor league prospects. So if it seems like I'm hitting on one team and they have a bunch of these prospects, it didn't mean it to be that way. I didn't even look at to see who these prospects were owned or not owned by. And as we're talking about prospects real quick, and we're talking about uh, sites and, and, and podcasts that we listen to, I think that's a very important thing when you're looking at fantasy baseball is understanding the prospect sites that you look at perfect example is MLB Pipeline. To me, that is not a fantasy relevant baseball site. It is more major league ready. And a perfect example is how they have Christian Pache ranked on their site going into the season. They had him ranked, I think, number 10 overall. Most other fantasy prospecting sites did not have him ranked that high. I think currently they have him ranked somewhere in the back 100 where a lot of other fantasy sites are going to have them ranked outside, you know, 175 to 200 range. So really understand the sites that you're looking at and the podcast that you're listening to and make sure that it is fantasy relevant and not major league ready relevant. And kind of what I mean by this is again, the MLB pipeline website, when I say that they're more major league prospecting, site is they put a lot more weight into defense and they put a lot more weight into how quick they're going to be in the major league systems. So again, just pointing out there, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this is already aware of all that. And again, and probably, and also probably everything that I'm going to touch on here today, you guys are already aware of. And so nothing that I'm probably going to say here today is going to be earth shattering. It's probably going to be stuff that everybody's already aware of. What would be interesting though, is if someone does disagree with one of my takes on one of these players that we posted on the forum and we can actually have a discussion over, Hey, this guy is actually pretty good. This is why I think he's pretty good. Or, you know, you missed on this guy who is probably really bad and I should have brought him up. So I'm really kind of doing this to just to get some more activity on the forum and some discussion over some of these prospects. 
And then one last thing before I start uh, going through some of the names here. For the most part, if it's a pitching prospect who I think is on the decline, the reason that they're going to be on the decline is because they're their controls lacking, which means that you know they're not getting enough strikeouts, or they're walking a lot of people, or they're getting very hittable, and that their secondary pitches are not developing really well. So again, I, I might just be throwing out some names and just assume that it's because of command is is probably their major in, issue or or injury, and on the hitting side. It's usually uh, not commanding the strike zone. Their K rate's too high, and they're just not getting on base or hitting the ball and play well enough. So if I just start naming off some names here towards the end, just assume if it's a pitcher, it's because of its control, and if it's because of a hitter, it's because typically of their K rate. So let's start with some pitchers that I have that I think are on the decline. Uh, The first one I'm going to start with is Forrest Whitley of the Houston Astros. He's a 24-year-old. I don't think he's pitched since 2019. I know he just had Tommy John surgery here in March of 2001. So I doubt he's going to be pitching maybe until late 2022. Really not going to see what he's uh, got left until 2023. Interesting thing here is I did see him in the AFL. I believe it was in 2018. He was pitching really well. He was dominating. I was really excited to see how he was dominating the hitters in that league and in the AFL that is not a pitcher's league that's typically a very dominant hitters league and seeing a pitcher come out there and just mow down a bunch of batters in that league it was kind of eye-opening now he goes into that next season after the AFL and he did horribly his command fell off and he started getting injured some more and now everything I hear from a lot of these different websites and a lot of different podcasts is they don't even going to think that this guy's ever going to make it to the major leagues. Um, and if he does, it might just be in a relief role. And so that that's where the scary thing is, is that one, he's injured. Two, I think his confidence is gone. And three, I don't think organizations are even more looking at him to be a starting pitcher anymore. The next guy up I have is Mackenzie Gore of the San Diego Padres. He is 23. This one hurts me a lot because I was a big McKenzie Gore fan. I was really looking forward to this year to see him up in the majors and pitching. Especially before the Padres started making all those trades, I thought McKenzie Gore was probably going to be their number three pitcher going into this year. Then they started making all their trades, and I started getting a little bit worried that they weren't too confident in his ability. And then when the starting season came in and they had Ryan Weathers starting ahead of him, that was really a red flag to me. In the minors this year, he was really struggling with his command. And it was so bad that they they have actually moved him to the developmental sites here in Arizona. It's the Arizona Instruct Leagues for the San Diego Padres to work on some of his command. Now, same thing here kind of with Forrest Whitley is that now I'm starting to hear rumors that he really might not even be a starter anymore and that he's probably going to be moved to the bullpen. I'm hoping that he shows up in the AFL and the little rumor that I heard here also was that if he does go to the AFL it's really just for the Padres to showcase him for a trade to another team but starting to get worried that he's ever going to be a starter getting a lot of command issues so there's concern there next up we got Brandon McKay of the Tampa Bay Rays he's 26 which that should be a red flag right there that he's 26 
He's also coming off of shoulder surgery, I believe. And again, I think his biggest problem is is himself, which is that he's trying to be the American version of of Otani, where he wants to play both offense and he also wants to be a pitcher. I really think that that's hurting his development. I think next year is going to be his make or break, but I'm leaning towards that he's not going to really make it. So again, I'd have major concerns there with Brandon McKay. Another Tampa Bay Ray is Brent Hannawell Jr. He's 27, so again, the age is starting to worry me. He's getting too too old up there in age to start making it to the majors. Um, he's also having battled a lot of health issues. Uh, I think right now he's uh, yeah, he only pitched in three major league games this year, and his AAA numbers don't look all that great. He pitched 81 innings. He only had 67 strikeouts. His ERA was close to four, and his whip was about 1.2. So, again, just concerned uh, there with, with Brent Honeywell Jr. The next guy up, um, again, this one's uh, nothing special. is Broustard Gordal of the Los Angeles Dodgers. The only reason I bring him up is because I remember a couple years ago, everybody was just so hot on him being the next best starting pitcher, and they got traded to the Dodgers. And then we found out that he had a bunch of arm issues, and now he's really a bullpen guy. So I just find that kind of interesting. The only hope here, if you have him rostered, is that he's going to be a closer. And, again, that's that's a big if. So you really, if you have him rostered, you're just having him rostered for a, for a relief pitcher. I think he had a bunch of injuries this year too, so I don't think he's pitched a lot. And from our standpoint, he's under the 100 innings, um, so that's why I kind of threw him on here as the prospect list. Next up, we got Nate Pearsons of the Toronto Blue Jays, who's 25. Kind of same thing uh, with the last guy. Just a lot of hype in our league about him. He's had a lot of injuries. Can't seem to stay healthy. And, and I, again, I think I would just temper my expectations of what Nate Pearson is going to be going to be able to do. Next up, I have Devi Garcia of the New York Yankees, who will turn 23 at the start of next season. Uh, he's, he's kind of a smaller guy for a starting pitcher, and he's been battling a lot of command issues and uh, working on his secondary pitches. Again, just somebody that at this point in time I, I'm not wanting to invest too heavily in. And with another starting pitcher for the Yankees is Clark Smith. Again, kind of the same thing. He's 26 now. Just not overly excited of what his outcome is going to be. A couple of Phillies pitchers I want to hit on. we got Spencer Howard, who's 25. Again, the only reason I'm kind of bringing him up is because there's a lot of hype in our league and the BDL about him. I know we got a lot of Philly fans in our in our league, but uh, he's battled some injuries. He's battled some command issues. He's only started 20 games. Only has one win. He's pitched 70 innings, has 78 Ks. His ERA is close to seven. His whip is like 1.6. So I'd be concerned if I was owning Spencer Howard at this point in time. Next up, Hans Kroos. Uh, used to be with Texas, got traded to the Phillies. Again, the only reason I'm bringing him up is because I know Joe used to own him, and Joe used to hype him a lot. And again, I don't think he's going to be a starter, has a funky delivery. I understand he has a lot of emotional issues. Um, so at this point, I just see him as a bullpen guy. A couple other guys who I see on the decline, Braylon Marquez of the Chicago Cubs, who's 23. To John Thomas of the Pittsburgh Pirates, who's 22. Jay Groom with the Boston Red Sox, who's 23. Again, 
all those guys, I think, are just have all taken a step back. Not overly confident that they're going to be starting pitchers anymore. Um, more likely than going to be relief pitchers. And this kind of brings up a point of owning pitchers as prospects. You know, there it's a big gamble, especially when you grab them when they're coming out of high school. Lot let lot of room for them not developing. A lot of room for injuries. A lot of room for them to becoming bullpen guys. So that's why I really don't like investing in young starting pitchers. You know, high school starting pitchers. I like them to make sure that they're going to stay starting pitcher and that they're what their health is going to be and that they were able to develop um, some secondary pitches and work on their command before I'm really starting to invest too heavily in them. A couple pitchers who I think are on the rise that uh, I know who are not owned in this league are both from the Arizona Diamondbacks. One is Ryan Nelson, who's 24, and the other one is Dre Jamison, who is also 24. Now I'm going to have a little disclaimer here because... I'm not a big fan of the Diamondbacks' ability to develop starting pitchers. And really, off the top of my head, and maybe even through a little research, I've only come up with three pitchers who's ever come out of the Diamondback organizations who's had any success on the major league level. That was Brandon Webb, Max Serger, and Patrick Corbin. And two of those guys had a lot of their success away from Arizona. And two of those guys who had major arm issues, right? Brandon Webb with his shoulder, Patrick Corbin had Tommy John. I think the best thing for Max Scherzer was to get out of Arizona to where he wasn't injured. But if anybody else knows of any starting pitchers that the Diamondbacks have ever developed, it would be interesting to know. So that always worries me uh, when I see that an organization has a hard time developing pitchers. I'm just going to throw out these guys as numbers. Uh, they played in multiple levels. They're both in double A right now. Uh, Nelson has pitched 77 innings. He's has 104 Ks. His ERA is like 3.5. His whip is 1.19. Trey Jamison has pitched 46 innings in double A, has 68 Ks. ERA is a little bit over four and his whip's about 1.2. So again, there's two guys that I think are going to be on the rise and Going into next year prospecting list, I wouldn't be surprised if they start showing up close to 100, maybe just outside the top 100. I'll be surprised if they're within it, but uh, a couple guys to keep your eyes on. Speaking of the Diamondback organization, maybe maybe I'll just spend a little bit of time here on, on their whole organization. A little bit more familiar with that uh, team because I just follow them a little bit closer. Again, I think the other pitchers that they had going into this year, uh, Blake Walston, Corbin Martin, Louis Freas, I think they've all kind of taken a step back a little bit, especially Corbin Martin. I think he's taken a giant step back this year. Getting on to the positional side, Corbin Carroll. I still have high hopes for him. I still think he's a top prospect. He did hurt himself earlier in the year, but I still think... He has a chance of being a very good ball player. Alex Thomas had a pretty good uh, minor league season this year. I think he could maybe be a good leadoff hitter. The big one that I'm uh, very concerned about here is Christian Robinson. I think Joe had posted an article 
on him. He's having some uh, legal issues, facing felony charges. So he's going to have some green card issues coming in. He's really missed two seasons now of developmental time. And so I would be way off on uh, Christian Robinson at this point in time. He's young. It's probably the only thing he has going for him. But if you have him, I would be concerned and he would not be a guy who I'd be targeting. I kind of touched on uh, Dalton Varshow in a couple episodes ago and saying I'm not sure why he's still rostered. I've been reading some articles lately that going into next season, he's actually a, a, a target that a lot of people are going after, and it's mainly because of his catching eligibility. And I kind of agree with that. If he can stay at catcher, if he can keep that catcher eligibility, he could be a valuable asset, mainly because he can steal. And if he's not playing catcher all the time when he's playing either center field or second base, he's probably going to be in the lineup more often. So you might want to hold on to Darton Varshow, see what happens at the beginning of next year. But I've seen a lot of his games, and I'm just not real excited about the things that I've seen. I think his batting average is kind of low, which also means he doesn't get a lot of RBIs or runs. He does still a little bit, and it's only if he keeps that catcher eligibility to me, is he would he be worth anything. Another Diamondback that I was going to kind of be down on uh, going into this podcast was uh, Geraldo Perdomo, who's the shortstop, 22. Again, I saw him play in the AFL, I think it was in 2019. And every time he came up to the plate, at least especially at the starting of the games, he was getting a line drive hit, whether single or double. And I was real excited uh, about his possibilities of being a good shortstop for the Arizona Diamondbacks. The problem was at the beginning of the season, the Diamondbacks started him in the major leagues. And he struggled mightily. I mean, it was really bad. Couldn't get, I don't think he, maybe he was hitting 100. If it was probably under 100. They sent him down to the minors, and he continued his struggles for a majority of the minor league system where he was just not really doing a whole lot. The nice thing was, this last month of the season in September, he actually started putting things back together again. And the Diamondbacks have brought him up for the last few weeks, and he's actually done really good. He's gotten, uh, I think his average is, Round 280, again, those, those line drives hits that I was seeing in the NFL were back. So maybe, I don't think he's has fallen as far as I thought he was probably going into doing this podcast and where I had written him up going into it. And so I maybe have a little more hope for him going into next year, but we'll see how he happen, what happens with him next year. Let's move on to the Atlanta Braves outfield prospects. There's three of them. And I think all three of them pretty much have the same issue. Um, And I kind of touched on one at the beginning of the podcast here, which is Christian Pache. He's 23. Again, I think in some prospect lists, depending on where you're looking at him, they're looking at his defense as being the reason why he's a top prospect. He's a great center fielder. He can cover a lot of ground. Um, So that makes him very valuable. Problem is, he strikes out a ton. And if he can work on that, he should be better off. And actually, the, the other two prospects in the in the Atlanta Brave organization have the same issue. They just strike, they strike out way too much, and that's Drew Waters and also Michael Harris. So I think Michael Harris going into this year has a lot of helium. He was getting a lot of hype at the beginning. Definitely think that that's tapered off. Drew Waters has been kind of a top prospect now for a few years, but 
kind of the same thing where, again, their command of the strike zone is not really all that well. So those three guys I don't really see being huge fantasy impacts going forward. A couple other guys, uh, Joey Bart, San Francisco Giants. He's 25 years old. He's a catcher. Again, I'm just not going to invest a whole lot in catchers in the minor league systems. He did play in 2020 because Posey sat out, but he really hasn't seen the major leagues this year. So, again, that should that should maybe tell you something. Uh, a Joe Adele of the Los Angeles Angels. Again, he's not really a prospect if you look at prospect rankings, but I think he still fits in our case based on our ending limits. Here's your concern here. Mike Trout goes down for the year or for a good portion of the year. They didn't bring him up. They brought up someone below him, which is Brandon Marsh. So that should be a red flag that your top prospect and a guy who's already had some major league experience got overlooked for another guy. He's been playing some here lately. I just don't think, I think it was a couple years ago, maybe going into the 2020 season where he was probably a top five prospect. I think those those numbers have come down and that your expectations have definitely come down on him. So I don't think he's going to be this elite outfielder. He might be a usable outfielder. He's just not going to be an elite one anymore. Next up, I have Jeter Downs of the Boston Red Sox. He's 23. Again, had a lot of hype coming into this uh, season. And same thing, just a lot of strikeouts. He should have already been in the majors by now. And that, again, should be a red flag. I just don't think he's... I think people are coming down on him. Next up, I have another Philadelphia Philly, Mickey Moniak. Again, 24. He's had a cup of coffee, just hasn't done really well with it. I think uh, the Philadelphia's drafted him with their number one pick a couple years ago. Definitely hasn't lived up to the height, and I would have no interest in owning uh, Mickey Moniak. Colton Walker of the Colorado Rockies. He's 24, coming off of a steroid suspension. That always worries me that maybe the little bit of success that he had was because of the steroids. How's he going to do once he's off of them? Um, wasn't really that great of a prospect coming into it. He was probably within a top 100 somewhere towards the back end of it, but I'd have no interest in owning him. Khalil Lee of the New York Mets, he's 23. He had a cup of coffee at the beginning of the season, and he did not look good at all. He looked horrible, so I wouldn't have no interest in owning him. It also goes for Leody Tiaveras and Monte Harrison. And both those guys have always kind of been in prospect list somewhere. And again, I would just kind of be off of them at this point in time. Aaron Bracho of the Cleveland Indians. He's 21. Unfortunately here, I just think that there's better options um, in that middle of the infield for the Cleveland Indians, which have knocked Aaron Bracho down in that organizational rankings. Jared Olivia, the outfielder of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Again, he's kind of getting up there in age. He should have already had his shot because that always kind of worries me. And another Pittsburgh Pirate, same thing. Travis Swaggerty, he's a little bit younger, but I'm just really not into these guys anymore. There's an organization right now that I would be interested in looking at to look to see some prospects that I'd be willing to invest in is probably the Baltimore Orioles prospects. I think that they've taken advantage of the 2020 season 
where a lot of organizations did not spend a lot of time on developing their prospects, where I think the Baltimore Orioles did. And that team does not have a bunch of veterans blocking their prospects. So I think they're going to give their prospects some chance next year and then the next two years to really make give them a spot on their rosters. So I would be investing into the Baltimore Orioles. I'd definitely be looking at any Baltimore Orioles who are close to coming up. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, I love. He's one of them. The catcher, Adley Rutchinson, he should be up next year. He's supposed to be a great catcher. Even though I don't love catchers, he's, we'll see if he's going to be a great catcher. And actually, speaking of catchers, this is why I don't like catchers. Besides somebody like a Buster Posey, I want anybody to go out there and tell me of all the catchers who have been ranked high in prospect lists, how many of them actually turned out to be as good as advertised? And again, the only one that I can really think of off the top of my head is Buster Posey. Um, maybe Gary Sanchez a little bit, but I know he struggles sometimes. I don't know how big of a prospect Salvador Perez was. I think he might have not really been in the prospects. He might have been a little bit older coming from uh, the Dominican. But I can think of more prospects who have burned me in the catcher position who everybody thought was going to be great, such as Zazino, Taro, who used to be in the Yankees organization. I don't know. There, there's probably a, I come up with a lot bigger list of catchers who have burned me than any catcher who's actually lived up to their height. So that's kind of why I don't really like catchers. Um, I think the Yankees and the Dodgers, of course, have great minor league developmental systems. I think uh, Anthony Velope, who the Generals have just traded for, is going to be, could be a stud shortstop. I think he's the number one prospect in that system right now. I think he's ahead of Jason Dominguez. I think Jason Dominguez is taking a little bit more time to develop than what people thought was going to take. Of course, he is younger, but I definitely think Anthony Velope has taken over that number one spot. A couple other players who I think are on our eyes, uh, Nick Prado, first baseman of the Kansas City Royals, Reginald Presidio, I already mentioned Gunnar Henderson, Kevin Alcatrera, who was once owned by the Yankees, he's now a Chicago Cub. Those are a couple guys, and yeah, yeah, I believe they're all owned but uh, a couple prospects on the rise. So it looks like I need some more time here to, to add to this podcast. So let me look at some prospect by teams. Let's go look at that Yankee organization. So we already mentioned Jason Dominguez. Again, I think he's taking a little bit of a step back. Um, Anthony Velope, I think he's the number one prospect. Oswald Peraza. I think he's taken a big jump this year. Um, shortstop also. Be interesting to see whether Velope or Peraza, which one of them really sticks at shortstop, and which one of them gets moved to either second or third, or maybe even the outfield. Again, kind of hit on some of their starting pitchers already, uh, so not too crazy about those. I'm also not going to talk about anybody who was just drafted in this year's uh, Major League Draft. So Let's look at the... Los Angeles Dodgers, Andy Pages of the Los Angeles Dodgers, I think is taking a giant leap this year. He's an outfielder, 21 years old. A couple of pitchers that they have, Bobby Miller and Ryan Pepito. 
I think Michael Bush has taken maybe a step back a little bit. He used to, I think people thought he was going to be up this year, but so I think he's taken taken a step back some. Check out the Kansas City Royals organization. Of course, Bobby Witt, he's a stud. Um, probably the number top one, two prospect right now. Again, Nick Prado I've already hit on. Um, A.J. Mandela's, who's a catcher. Again, I think he's taking a giant leap this year. It'd just be interesting if they keep him at catcher. I've kind of heard that he might be also maybe first base or DH. The Kansas City Royals going to be interesting with their prospects coming up in the next couple of years. I think Ed Howard of the uh, Chicago Cubs has taken a step back. Again, they got a couple of prospects I already hit on at the very beginning. Uh, Brendan Davis, of course. He's taking a giant leap this year. He should be starting next year probably in their major league system. Again, the Miami Marlins uh, organization here. Again, Miami, I think, is a pretty good area to look at uh, for prospects. Of course, they have Max Meyer, starting pitcher. Um, he's, he's still good. Really not good, sure what's going on with Sixto Sanchez. Uh, I'm not sure what, what happened to him this year. I would have thought that he would have been starting more this year. Edward Cabrera, also starting pitcher. Should be interesting. J.J. Bidley, I think he's taking a little bit of a step back, but still has some opportunity there. And another guy who had a, some hype going into the season, Peyton Burdick. A lot of hype of him going into the season. I don't think he's really lived up to the hype. I don't think he's going to be what um, everybody was thinking he was going to be at the beginning of the year. Luin Diaz, who was once a uh, Minnesota twin, uh, now first baseman for Miami. I don't think he's going to He's definitely not living up to what his expectations were. Jake Ender, I had a lot of, had a very good beginning of the season and then ended up having Tommy John's surgery here towards the end of the season. So you might have to wait another year or two on him, but he still kind of may be an interesting guy to target once he gets through the Tommy John surgery. Currently looking at the Minnesota Twins, minor league system, I got Aston Martin, who was a Toronto Blue Jay, and I'm 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 not uh, too crazy about Aston Martin. I'm not sure what position he's going to end up playing overall. There's another guy who who's in the majors. He kind of reminds me of, and for the like of me right now, I can't think of his name. But just basically, just not a bunch of just empty fantasy numbers. Again, might be solid major leaguer, but I just don't know if he's really going to be have a lot of fantasy relevance. Uh, Royce Lewis. Interesting with him, I mean, he's been on a prospect list, seems like, forever. I did see him in the Arizona Fall League a couple years ago, and he actually looked really good. Um, but for whatever reason, he can't put it together during the regular season. So I'm not real sure what Minnesota's plans are with Royce Lewis anymore. Jose Miranda has uh, gotten a lot of hype this year. He's really jumped up a lot of prospect boards. And now so uh, starting pitcher Matt Canarino, he's uh, kind of made a big jumps this year also. Probably still, a you know, within the top 200 type of a jump. Looking at the San Diego Padres organization. I used to really love the San Diego Padres organization. They had a ton of prospects there for a while. They've traded a, a lot of them. Still got two really good ones, C.J. Abrams and Robert Hassel. I think both those guys are going to be studs. Hopefully, at least C.J. Abrams next year can get it into the majors. Robert Hassel might be another couple years away. 
But uh, after that, I think their prospects have definitely fallen off. And most of that's just because of trades. The Seattle Mariners, of course, you got Julio Rodriguez. He should be making his uh, debut next year. And and, and here, here's another thing um, with prospects. Again, coming into this season, their outfielder clinic supposed to be this just amazing prospect. I still think he's going to be a very good one, but he struggled mightily this year. So this is one reason why I say you just can't really build through the draft because you can have the top prospects who have faltered even though they're a top prospect. So you have to build not just through the draft, but you got to build it through other means necessary also. Really like the their young pitching George Kirby and Emerson Hancock. Again, I think both of those guys are still holding their value of where they were at the beginning of the year. Nove Marte, again, young young kid, maybe 20 years old. Definitely a top prospect. be interesting to see uh, how he develops over the years. All right, so I think that's kind of enough. Throwing out a bunch of names. Again, do you guys hit me up on the, on the forum and just – say whether or not you agree or disagree or if there's certain prospects we want to talk about uh, might give us something to do during the offseason just hitting on some of these prospects all right thanks again for listening everybody and until next time take it easy (laughs) 